Broadcasting from the UNMC College of Nursing, get ready for RN Huddle, the podcast dedicated to bringing hot topics for and by nurses to the table. Hello and welcome to this episode of RN Huddle. This is your host, Heidi Keeler, coming to you from the University of Nebraska Medical Center College of Nursing. And today we're going to take a break from the infection control information and the personal protective device information that I'm sure you are inundated with and turn our attention to a a nursing topic that is challenging in even the best of circumstances. So today we're going to talk about NG and G tubes, and we're going to look at feeding and medication administration through these devices. And interestingly enough, we're going to approach this by going to a medication expert, a pharmacist, and learn more about the pharmacist's point of view of what medications and feedings can be delivered through this mechanism. And to do this, we've invited a return guest. We're going to talk with Dr. Allie Daring-Anderson and her student, Lindsay Breka, and they're going to address the NG G-tube feeding and medication challenge. So. Let's get right to it. Hi, everybody. I am Allie Deering Anderson. I teach at the College of Pharmacy. And with me today is Lindsay Breka. She is a third year pharmacy student. And Lindsay, I want you to know I really appreciate that you would take the time to help us have this conversation today. Well, thank you for having me. It's a topic that's very near and dear to my heart because I have worked with quite a few patients that have. NG tubes or G tubes, and it's a very um, important topic to talk about. Before we get started with this conversation, I just wanted to share that the American Society for Parental and Enteral Nutrition, also known as ASPEN, has developed evidence based guidelines for safe medication administration, which can be used as a reference for anyone new to this topic area. With that, where would you like to start? Well, I get a lot of questions about actually physically putting the drug into the feeding tubes. So what advice can you give us? Well, let me start off by saying the entire topic is way more complicated than any straightforward answer that I can give you. So I would definitely want to make sure that everyone refers to a pharmacist for each situation for a patient's medication, but we'll just kind of go over some of the broad general ideas um, to get you started. I think that sounds like a great idea. Any, any clues you can give us are certainly going to help. So the simple answer is there is no one group of medications that can be safely administered via enteral feeding tubes. Most liquid formulations can be given by this route, but that is not a fail-safe as medications such as morphine 2 milligrams per milliliter should not be directly administered through an NG tube. This medication can cause occlusion by altering the pH of the tube and the following feeding. So in short, you should always check with the package insert, or if it's still unclear, a pharmacist to further investigate the proper administration options. I'm, I'm stunned. I, it would never have occurred to me that I couldn't put a liquid, just put it into a feeding tube. So tell me other things that, what, what if it's not a liquid? What if it's a tablet? What if it's a capsule? So again, this is another complicated situation. There are sources available that explain which medications can be administered in a prepared liquid, such as an article published by the Colchester Hospital University titled 
NEEMMC guidelines for tablet crushing and administration via enteral feeding tubes. There are also sources listing specific medications that cannot be crushed, such as a wall chart distributed by the Institute for Safe Medication Practices titled Oral Dosage Forms That Should Not Be Crushed. But there are some general principles that I can share to help decrease the guessing on each medication based on its formulation. If a medication is extended release, it is likely that crushing or dissolving that product would substantially alter either the absorption, effectiveness, or safety of that medication. These formulations can be called extended release, controlled release, sustained release, or controlled delivery, and they can have any of the following abbreviations, including CC, CD, CR, ER, LA, SA, SR, XL, XR, or finally XT. I I think my head's going to (laughs) explode. So it's two letters at the end, but there are so many. We're not talking about Tylenol PM, right? Correct. So PM is more talking about the time that the medications often use, but these abbreviations I'm talking about is how the medication is prepared and how it's supposed to be, um, or how it works in the body, not so much how we want to use it. Okay, so if I have one of these drugs with this suffix, these, these letters stuck at the end, really, to be very safe, I have two choices. I'm going to have the wall chart that tells me what not to crush, and I'm going to have my favorite pharmacist on speed dial. Of course. Okay. The other place you could look is there are some resources that you can look up some of the commonly altered medications for the ease of this delivery. Um, The first one is LexiComp is a great source to check and see if there are any recommendations on how to prepare a liquid formulation when none exists, which can give indication as to the possibility of being able to crush the medication. Another resource to have on hand would be the Handbook of Drug Administration via Enteral Feeding Tubes by White and Bradman, currently on its third edition, and this provides general guidance for each medication or group of medications. Conversely, Again, the Institute for Safe Medication Practices produces a wall chart titled The List of Oral Dosage Forms That Should Not Be Crushed. And of course, there are lots of other sources, but these are just the ones that I have found. I would just warn everybody to make sure that any information they find is reliable and from evidence-based materials and not guesswork. Okay, so I know, I think, that I have to actually dilute the concentrated morphine, two mg per, per two mils. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are some tablets I can crush and some capsules I can open and others where I can't. You know, I'm still not sure I understand how to get those drugs into those feeding tubes. Well, luckily we have very set guidelines on how to administer those medications once we know we can. So once you've either prepared your morphine and diluted it or dissolved your contents of capsules or crushed tablets, the clear guidelines to give these medications include, first, each and every medication should be given separately. We don't want to mix any of these medications because they can have a reaction that would result either in a new chemical or in something that could be harmful or inactive. And we should also stop all other feedings or fluids prior to we give the medication. Okay, so that they don't mix together in there. Correct. Oh, that makes sense. The next important thing is to be sure that to prevent those mixings, that we flush the feeding tube with a minimum of 15 milliliters of purified water to clear the line of any residue of those formula or medications in the line. 
With giving the actual medications, most all medications should be diluted, as we said, with an additional purified water to make it less viscous and less likely to clog the feeding line. Directly following the administration of the medication, an additional 15 milliliters of purified water should be used to clear the line of any residue before restarting the medication or other feeding tubes that we want to start off. Okay, so I have checked. Can I open it? Can I crush it? And and it's yes. Mm-hmm. And I get that ready in some sort of a slurry. I I stop any feeding that's continuous. I flush with 15. I give the drug, I flush with another 15, and if I have a second drug, I just keep doing it as many times as it takes. You know, it's funny because often when you think about somebody crushing drugs, they put all of them together in those little cups and then just mash all the powder together in in applesauce. But this is different, right? Yes, we don't want to mix anything because when you're just leaving it in the powder and having them the patient eat it or take it, that's like you're substituting them taking it like two tablets together. However, when we're putting it in that fluid or that slurry, that produces more of an opportunity for them to mix and react, which we want to avoid. Okay, so if the rule works for an NG tube, the rule should work for a G tube, right? Because they both end at your stomach? Correct. That is exactly right. We want to make sure that they both are going to the stomach because if we are giving anything via, say, a J button, then that's going to bypass the stomach and we're not going to have that acidic environment that we need for a lot of medications. Oh, man, I thought I just got it. And and now you're adding something more complicated. So we know about NG tubes. And we know about G-tubes, and we know about the extended release, and we know how to find the information. And now you're telling me that if I have bypassed the stomach, that there are, are a whole bunch of different rules? That is absolutely correct. So with some medications, they need the acid to either activate the medication or best to be absorbed. And then there's other medications that actually need to be in the stomach to work in the stomach. So it sounds like that might actually be better talked about in an additional podcast at a later time, just so we don't get ourselves confused. You know, let's do that. Because it just occurs to me that there's another way to bypass your stomach. We're going to have some people who have actually had gastroplasty to shrink their stomachs for for other issues. Yeah, let's let's get back together again. I would like that. That sounds like a plan. Just really quick before we finish up, I just want to summarize and say that if you ever need a recap of any of this information, the American Journal of Nursing had an article titled Drug Administration Through an Enteral Feeding Tube, the Rationale Behind the Guidelines. And this provides a good summary and reference for nurses to read through. Just remember to not assume anything is safe without verifying it for safety for each patient. And be sure to give medication separately, flush the lines thoroughly, and always remember to consult a pharmacist if you have any questions. Great. Thanks, Lindsay. I had a good time today. Me too. Thanks for having me. Well, Dr. Allie and Lindsay, thank you so much for bringing this information to us. 
you know, the pharmacist's perspective can add to our nursing practice a deep understanding of how these different factors interplay can really make the difference as to proper administration and proper absorption of the medications and the nutrition that our patients need to heal and to be healthy. So thank you so much. I can imagine that, you know, a part two would be to talk about J-buttons and other feeding mechanisms and the complexities that they introduce to our nursing practice. So thank you so much for listening. And don't forget that you can follow us on Twitter and even give us some information and some thoughts on what you'd like to hear in RN Huddle. We are a national broadcast, and we really would love to take in all nursing points of view. So thank you so much. Can't wait to see you next time on RN Huddle. Thank you for listening to RN Huddle. To stay connected, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at UNMC CNE, or check out unmc.edu slash CNE for more program information.